Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Michael, Michael Reed, Reed on, on LMFM. LMFM. Sinn Féin TD for Loud and East Mead, Rory O'Murk, who has written to the Minister for Health, Simon Harris, uh, telling him uh, that he finds it difficult to see how operational control of Dalgan House Nursing Home can confidently be handed back to the owners. Uh, this is because of concerns, very serious concerns, he says, that are being raised with him on a daily basis by staff, nurses and families of residents. Rory Murku is on the line and a very good morning to you and thank you indeed for joining us here on the programme this morning. We know that the RCSI Hospital Group or the HSE, if you prefer, have taken over the management of Dalgan House but you're estimating that between 12 and 17 residents have died there. Well, they are estimates that are given and I'll be honest, people sometimes give you figures that are, that are greater but yeah, we've had a number of people obviously that have very sadly passed away um, there's general information that you know a, a number of them obviously are down to COVID-19 and that's you know utterly tragic um, but what I have had like I said in that press release is the fact that a huge amount of staff that's both let's say original staff that would be new RCS I staff and also families of residents have contacted me uh, with worries and I suppose those worries were added to when staff, old staff would have got a letter from the owner stating that, let's say, last Friday that the operational control was to return from the RCSI um, to the previous owners and without any information. Now, when you spoke to other staff, what they said is, yes, that they were aware of this, that, you know, as a rumour, that they knew that these letters were circulating, but that their belief was that there would be an insufficient amount of staff for that to actually occur. My difficulty is I just want to get clarity around it because our original correspondence from the RCSI stated that a review date at the end of May would make a determination. And my view is that we need, across the entire nursing home sector, but particularly let's talk about ones that are that have had real tragedy and difficulty that we would need to have some element of a preliminary examination of what the issues are mm. so that we ensure that they are absolutely arrested and stopped and then that we determine what is the best practice that needs to be operated 
and that what are the conditions before you would have any situation where, let's say, in Jalgan, you would have uh, RCSI stepping out. Okay, and you spell out out in fairly clear language uh, some of uh, the very serious concerns that people have had. Maybe you'd uh, tell us about the experience of a family of one of uh, the residents. Uh, There was a, a woman who was in Dalgan House Nursing Home. She's in her 70s, and I suppose like a lot of residents, she has dementia, albeit at a a very young age for that. But when the home shut down to visits, the family tried to stay in contact. What happened then? Yeah, no, the family tried to stay in, in contact. They just want to ensure that obviously that she was okay. They would have been in and out in relation to before that from a point of view of, um, insure, you know what I mean, helping with feeding and, mm-hmm. you know, other stuff that an awful lot of, of uh, families did. But they were absolutely unhappy with the communication that they were getting and they believed that their mother was incredibly sick. And one of the family members literally said, I am coming down and I will be ensuring that we call an ambulance and whatever else. And it's only at that point that um, their mother was taken to hospital where she's obviously uh, treated for COVID-19. And the the good news, I suppose, is that uh, she came through it. Mm. But, you know, a family that's gone through the likes of this obviously is, you know, for the want of a better term, they feel they feel burnt. They feel very very worried, mm. and they're not necessarily in a situation where they want their mother to return to this to, to the home. And they felt obviously that there were signs and obvious symptoms of COVID nineteen, uh, but that their mother hadn't been tested and wouldn't have been tested, is it? Until they insisted that she was brought to hospital. Yeah, no. Like they were told a number of times that the mother was okay, that she was sleeping. So obviously they were getting the same response for a number of days. Mm. They decided that they needed to see their mother via video call, and they were absolutely shocked when they saw her condition. Right, she was weak, unable to speak, and yet she they continued mm. to be told that she was okay. So, like I said, it's when um, a family member decided that they would go down yeah. and you know, call it out for what it was. It's only at that point... And she got the that, treatment that she needed yeah, and has recovered, exactly, as you say, from yeah. COVID-19. Now you tell uh, the experience of a- another family, of a man who's in his 80s, who had tested negative for COVID-19, but they had their own concerns. Yeah, no, no, no. Of course they had their own concerns, I suppose. It's, it's like a lot of people, they're just hoping that obviously best practices is is being, uh, is being operated. And while this man was lucky enough not to have it, he was afraid that the ward in which he was would have had a number of cases within it. Now, I'm just looking for clarity in, in relation to, to these factors. Like, I'm no medical expert, so and I'm not sure, and I'm not absolutely sure of what the, um, the makeup and the best practice that would need to be operated in a home like um, like Jalgan. I accept it's mm. not a hospital. It's it's basically it's people's home. It, these rooms are where they live, and they would you know what I mean. That that mm. would create certain uh, le- you know logistical. It is their home, but the residents have the medical care needs. Oh yes, yes, mm-hmm. no, and, and and that's the thing. And see if like I'm my, my questions are in relation to whether that, let's say, there was a separation of uh, people who had COVID-19. I'm, I'm aware now that of really, really stringent, uh, let's say, operational measures have been put in place 
where mm. let's say obviously every room where somebody would have COVID-19 or a suspect are completely um, you know, marked out and mm-hmm. that there are really specific rules in relation to PPE and really specific rules in relation to PPE and washing hands mm-hmm. and everything else at every point with, okay. with, within the hospital. Uh, but, but we just... We would we want to find the information that ensures that the absolute best practice mm. is is being operated, and whether that is the case that literally you have to obviously mm. have clean wings if that's viable, if that's possible. Well, mixing yeah. mixing people like that, uh, a, a man in his eighties who does not and has been tested and has tested negative for COVID-19 who doesn't have the virus uh, to be cared for on a a corridor where people have been tested positive that's uh, the concerns uh, that family have of uh, that man in in his 80s Uh, that would clearly uh, be in breach with uh, the public health guidelines but you were talking about PPE uh, and at the time that this virus had uh, established itself uh, the staff were told that they weren't allowed to wear PPE because it might frighten the residents yeah well I, I, like staff told me that a number of staff told me instances like this you would have also heard this when new staff went in they would have heard these stories as well and that's absolutely frightening and while I can't make a determination mm. in relation to what exact rules because uh, obviously there probably were difficulty in relation to HSE guidelines and what have you. You're probably finding the weakness that occurred down to the fact that you didn't have a, a decent testing scheme in operation at that point in time. Mm. And therefore, here you were also, who was to make a determination? We discovered lately that we weren't exactly sure what the symptoms were. The symptoms can be different in every patient, particularly in older people. So, uh situations like that, if that's exactly what happened, well then in that case it's very difficult to see how that wouldn't have led to further spread of COVID-19 throughout Jalgan House and other nursing homes. And that's why we need to have at least preliminary investigations in relation to what went wrong Mm. so we ensure that that stopped and then that we set out best case scenario uh, operations that need to be put in place and then beyond that if there is a case that the HSE in this situation or the RCSI hospital group Mm. are going to step away that we know that they will only do that within the context that they can ensure that there's a proper staff quotient and that um, absolute best practice will be adhered to. Okay and there's a rumour that this was brought into the nursing home by a patient who had developed the disease in hospital is there? Well, see, and again, it was Nursing Homes Ireland that probably highlighted this issue previously. Um, but I had also heard that, yeah, there were a number of cases where obviously there was a particular situation within acute hospitals and there were people who would have been processed and um, put into nursing homes. Mm. And we just cannot be sure. And that is one of the things that would be looked into that literally that, let's say, testing Mm. and best practice were carried out um, because it has been put out there by Nursing Home Ireland that there will have been cases that will have been transferred directly from acute hospitals um, to nursing homes. Okay, and just to put into context the seriousness of of all this, you say that uh, between 12 and 17 people have died from the virus in Dalgan House Nursing Home. Uh, In other words, uh, you're saying that at least 12 people have died from the virus in the nursing home and it could be as many as 17. There's suspicions uh, about others. But that really is 
an incredible figure because it accounts for about 25% of the residents. There's 84 residents in Dalgan House. So when you talk about a figure of 17 uh, out of 84, uh, it really is shocking, isn't it? Well, and I, and I think, oh, completely. 84 is capacity. When the RCSI um, sent their first piece of information about them taking control, they spoke of about 63 residents. I think that was the figure. So, yeah, so it's, it's even more frightening when you put all that together. You're up around 28% of the residents yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Look, just, look, and my big thing is uh, what has happened is absolutely dreadful and our hearts and thoughts have to mm. go out to the families, but mm. we just need to ensure that we have arrested what's gone wrong okay. and that we put best practice in play and we ensure... Also, people need to have communication. So the other thing I've requested is that, like, we find out, first of all, that the RCSI is staying in control until, as I say, certain conditions are met. And then beyond that, that we have a a line of communication for ourselves as elected reps. Like, on some level, I don't believe that I should be your your, your Mm. first, second or third port of call in relation to getting information on, on your relation. And again the media as well, that there is one direct line um, of someone who is contacted in relation to Jalgan. I don't need to be uh, trying to make contact via the chief executive the same way I don't need to be uh, sending uh, emails or letters to Simon Harris, but this okay. is out of frustration. Maybe you'll come back to us, though, when you receive a, a reply from the Minister, but uh, we leave it there for the moment, and thank you indeed uh, for right, joining us around the programme this morning. That's Sinn Féin TD for Loud and East Meads, Rory O'Murku. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.